once again greetings in Jesus name the universal God and Savior Jesus Christ he's local and global at the same time my pastoral meditation for you today comes with the theme the victory of the believer in Christ is certain in a world of uncertainty I present to you none other but the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I said once again, greetings in the name of the universal God and Savior Jesus Christ. He is local and global at the same time. Once again, my pastoral meditation for this day is called the victory of the believer in Christ is certain. In the midst of instability comes the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, our certainty in uncertain time. He's a sure foundation. He's the cornerstone. He's the stone that was cut by the hand of God, the Holy Spirit, to crush and to destroy governments, empires, nations, if they disregard His sovereignty in the entire world. Again, my theme, to be victorious, we've got to be a believer in the person of the universal and global Savior, Jesus Christ. The victory of the believer in Christ is certain. Now, I want to state very clearly that God the Holy Spirit, the unseen reality, is in the world. Unseen doesn't mean absent from the world. Again, I say, God the Holy Spirit is unseen, but not absent from our world. He is the eternal presence. He's the eternal reality that the world needs in these critical times and in these times of crisis. To be victorious, to have peace amidst a storm, we've got to have faith and confidence, reliance in the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. My personal meditation comes with this conviction of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 that constitute a commentary on the person and the works of God the Holy Spirit. One, for the Word of God represents the credentials of God the Holy Spirit. A, Bible says, for the Word of God is alive, means God is Spirit. John 4, 24. God the Holy Spirit represents the status quo of eternal existence. Point B, God the Holy Spirit is powerful, introducing the fact that God, the Holy Spirit, is Jehovah al Sadai, meaning Almighty God. Represent the understanding that God is omnipotent, it means all powerful, all power is in the hands of God, the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, demonstrated His sovereignty by speaking the entire universe into manifestation. Remember, God the Holy Spirit has the audacity to create the universe from nothing, ex nihilo, into something. God the Holy Spirit demonstrated His sovereignty by speaking the entire universe into manifestation. God the Holy Spirit is creator called Elohim. The word El literally means the strong authority. God the Holy Spirit as Elohim referred to the appearance unto Abram, the appearance unto Isaac, and the appearance unto Jacob. Therefore, El represents God's attribute of mercy. We don't deserve the mercies from God, but God is merciful, compassionate, and and his loving kindness came not to condemn, but to redeem, not to reject, but to receive, that we can have fellowship 
with God by the power of God's Holy Spirit. Deuteronomy 4, 34 states, Your Elohim is a compassionate El. He does not forsake you. He does not destroy you. He does not forget his covenant with your fathers, which he swore long ago. God, the Holy Spirit, is not a man. What he says he'll do, God is not a liar. God doesn't know what, how it is to lie. We lie, but God is not a man. He is emma truth. It means he's the ultimate status quo of truth and justice and righteousness that the world needs. Therefore, God, the Holy Spirit, is above and beyond our comprehension. He is above and beyond represent the transcendent and imminent at the same time. Point C, the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword. It reveals that God the Holy Spirit is omniscient. The all-knowing God with the ability. God the Holy Spirit is sovereign. God the Holy Spirit is God who is the eternal Messiah. One, it has the power to penetrate. Two, to split open four categories of the soul. One, he has the power to penetrate and to split over the soul. He has the power to penetrate and to split open the spirit. He has the power to split open the joints and the marrow. Point D. As omniscient God, as the all-knowing God, as the all-seeing God, as the status quo eternal existence, God the Holy Spirit, one, is the discerner of our thoughts, and two, he, he knows the intent of your heart and of mine. God is at work amidst the crisis and the bad situation that we find ourselves in today. But I want you to know that in the midst of the crisis, we have certainty in the person of the Lord and the Savior Jesus Christ. Complementary to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, we find the, this audacity in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. One, all scripture is, not just the old, but the new. Not just the new, but the old. It is one comprehensive, the mind of Christ reveal. All scripture is, A, given by inspiration. So the Bible or the gospel doesn't come from the mind of man. It comes from the status quo, eternal existence. God, the Holy Spirit, caused the universe to manifest. It means the galaxies, the planets, space, inner space, outer space, deep space, the sun and the moon, the stars, and everything that is unseen and the things that are seen. If he can sustain the universe for at least billions and billions of years, then he has the power, the capacity the potential as the universal God to redeem you and to redeem me. So the gospel of Jesus is our stability in sinking sand. The God has the power to solidify sinking sand and grant us and give us the ability of a sure foundation. Jesus Christ is the sure foundation. Again, I say the second Timothy 3 verse 16, this is what it says. One, all scripture is A, given by inspiration, B, and is profitable, there is divine benefit, Jesus is the benefactor from heaven. So the gospel has divine profitability for you and for me. It is profitable for doctrine. It is profitable to reprove us and it is profitable for correction. Finally, for it has the power to instruct us in righteousness. Remember, righteousness cannot be obtained by 
payment. No, it was paid on the cross for you and for me. So it is a free gift from God for those who believe in the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today I want to continue with the investigation of the 38th word, the word the, T-H-E-E. Just before we do another segment of, on this word, let us do review for reflection. Point one. The word the is the 38th word in Psalm 21. Point two. We locate the word the, T-H-E-E, as the 13th word in Psalm 121, verse 3. Point three. We say thee in Old English, but we say you in Modern English. So the unseen reality, God the Holy Spirit, is in our world today to cover, to protect, to save, to redeem, to do battle on behalf of the believer. So God is unseen, yet he's not absent. He exists to protect the believer in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Point four, the word the places emphasis on the object of the sentence, the object of divine favor. The believe in the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The person that will receive the action from God. God can do what we cannot. God has God is sovereign. God is eternal. God is majestic. It means God is our battle commander in the midst of this spiritual warfare that we are at war with. Point five. In Psalm 21, the object of divine favor is mentioned 14 times, indirectly, and only once by name, the name called Israel. Point six. So Christ consists of two divine entities. So in the person of Christ, God is a savior, is a commander, is our, is our deliverer is our savior for two entities. So Christ consists, or Christ is the God of two entities. One, Israel, Old Testament, represent the age of Israel. How God met with Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. They were undeserving, but the love of God goes beyond our faults and sees our need. So God started an un changeable covenant, what he says to Abram, he continued in Isaac, what he says to Isaac, he continues in Jacob. He is the unchangeable God that consists of love, compassion for you and for me. Then the second category that comes from Jesus Christ is called the body of Christ, the age of the church. The church is not the structure. The church is the electors. Those has been chosen from amongst the nations of the world. By choice, they follow the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Point seven. I want to look at the word the from a metaphysical perspective. Point seven. Metaphysically, the meaning of the word Israel. Point A. The name of Israel has many meanings, but one which means the upright of God. So, so when, when God encountered Jacob, he encountered a liar, a deceiver. But God, by his independent decision as the universal, eternal God, brought a transformation, brought a change in Jacob, and he says, no longer shall your name be called liar and deceiver, but today I change you by my constant and the covenant that I made with your father Abram, the covenant I made with your father Isaac, I continue the covenant with you. Today, I will demonstrate and reveal my love towards you and make you righteous. Righteousness cannot be achieved and obtained by what we do, 
if we attend church, if we are pious, no, it comes by the indwelling presence of God, the Holy Spirit. So Israel means the upright of God. God takes the broken man and brought himself into man. Remember, Abraham was brought into existence when God fashioned the man from dust and clay. And God placed himself in the man by, the Bible says, and God blew his presence, his spirit, into man, and he became a living soul. Point B. In Genesis 28, 10 until 22, God the Holy Spirit, as the angel of the Lord, the pre-Messianic Jesus, encountered Jacob. Point C. This encounter represents heaven meets earth. The, the, the staircase from heaven that links heaven and earth together in the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Christ meets a man in crisis because he is the restorer and the cure for the disease called sin. God Holy Spirit represents emma truth. It means absolute truth meets a deceiver, meets a liar, and transform the man and call him the upright of God. So Jacob, when he received the name Israel, became righteous by the works of God the Holy Spirit. Point E. But listen to this. This is, this is the certainty of the love of God, regardless of religion and the crisis in the world. Point B. But regardless of Jacob's spiritual condition, God's covenant with Abraham, God's covenant with Isaac will stand and not change now that God meets with Jacob. Point E. What is the principle? The love of God forgives. The love of God embraces. The love of God restores. God looks beyond your faults and God sees your need. God is the fulfillment of the desire of every man. Ask me anything, Jesus says, and I will give you according to what I possess. He owns the cattle of the thousand hills. This God that we worship, although unseen yet, he exists on the mountains and in the valleys at the same time. Jesus meets a broken person and bring total and instant healing, not just physically, but spiritually. So when God encountered Jacob, he encountered Jacob on the basis of Exodus 34, 6 and 7, and on the basis of John 3, verse 16. One, listen to this declaration by the universal Savior, the global God, the pre-Messianic Jesus Christ, God the Holy Spirit, and the Lord passed before Moses. And this is what God says. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Listen to this 13-point declaration of mercy and grace manifested in the presence of Moses and the idol worship generation, the Israelites. The universe God brought them from Egypt and in the desert, they have the audacity to perform idol worship. You've got to abandon idols for the unseen reality that is not absent, but present in our world. Listen again to the love of God defined. Listen again to the word of God explain who and what God is. And the Lord passed before Moses and said, listen to this declaration, the Lord the Lord God, one, merciful, two, gracious, three, long-suffering, 
four abundant in goodness, five and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving the iniquities, transgressions and sins of those who desire a personal faith in Jesus Christ. John 3.16 For God so loved the world, humanity at large, that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in Jesus shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So this everlasting life, when we make a deliberate and intentional decision for the universal God, our global Savior, Jesus Christ, he has no relationship with religion. He exists beyond religion. So he is the core and the source of mercy and grace towards you and towards me. Point eight. So the word the T-H-E represents the following statements. Point A. We are the objects of divine favor. Point B. We are the objects of deliverance. Point C, we are the object of divine love. Point D, we are the objects of salvation. Point E, we are the objects of divine compassion. It means we become the recipient of the works of Christ on behalf of man. Listen to this. Listen to this amazing text. While we were yet sinners, the Bible says Christ died for us. So we are the receiver of divine action. God makes us the object of divine favor. God makes us the object of deliverance. God makes us the object of divine love, divine compassion. We are the object of divine salvation. The name Yeshua means salvation. So in the person of Jesus is the well of salvage, the wealth of deliverance, the wealth of love and compassion for any man that believes on the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amidst this wars, rumors of wars, our only stability is not in religion, but in the person of the universal, the global Messiah, Jesus Christ. So I'm convinced that he who brought me from blood cancer, cured me completely, is the cure, is the savior of the world. Let us continue with our new uh, word study. Point A. Under three points. Today for any personal meditation, for my personal meditation, we continue with our investigation of the 38th word in Psalm 21. Point A. The spiritual condition in our world today. Now we are spiritually paralyzed when we are not righteous before God. Satan desire to make us unrighteous that he may destroy us by and through our own sin. Sin is a disease and it needs a radical cure that was the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that came to receive death so that he can stop and cure death in man. The sinless dies for the sinful. The righteous dies for the unrighteous. So Jesus Christ is the only cure for our world today. Point A, the spiritual condition in our world. What is this condition? Point one, the worthy, T-H-E-E, is called a preposition of association. Two, the worthy represent those who receive the garment of righteousness, the upright of God. Psalm 21 verse 5, Isaiah chapter 61 verse 10, Ephesians 6 verse 14, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 8. Point 3, the worthy means agapestos, meaning that believer in Christ, we are called the beloved of God. Our association with Jesus gives us 
the benefit of divine protection in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of stress, in the midst of fear, we will not be anxious, we will not be fearful, because although our God cannot be seen, He is present to redeem. He is present to battle our battles for us. God is our battle commander. He is a man of war. He does the battle for us because we are unable to see the, the world at war, the spiritual warfare. God does the battle in daytime and God the Holy Spirit does battle for you in nighttime. So while we are asleep, the Bible says very clearly in Psalm 21 verse 3, God the Holy Spirit neither slumber nor sleep. So is the all wakeful God to deliver you. And deliver me. Point four. I want to ask the question, who is the cause of the present condition? This present state of war. This anxiety. This trouble times. This evil times. And the Bible reveals the identity. Point two. Second Corinthians 4 verse 4. In whom the God little g-o-d satan of the world has blinded the minds of them who does not believe in the person of the lord and savior jesus christ point five how does satan deceive the populace of the world we know now that the entity that is causing this global deception Making people to remain in a state of unbelief, blinding the minds and the hearts for the gospel of Jesus is none other but Satan, the opposer of God and the believer. Again, I ask the question, how does Satan deceive the populace of the world? Again, scripture answers, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14 gives the answer. Listen to this. Satan is a master deceiver. He is always perfecting deception, but he cannot deceive the universal God that is local and global at the same time. God or Spirit. Listen to this verse. No wonder, for Satan masquerades. He puts on a mask, disguising himself as an angel of light. So how can the angel of deception, the angel of death, the angel of hate, pretend to be the angel of light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. There's immediately a contrast because the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of Jesus. And Jesus Christ is the universal commander. He has defeated Satan before Adam and he came into the world of Adam and he defeated Satan on the cross. And we know one day that the battle will finally be ultimately victorious. Jesus Christ will destroy enemy governments, enemy empires, enemy individuals, demons, evil spirits and the forces of darkness at one decisive victory in the, in the future. They call it the Battle of Armageddon, where Christ will once for all, Satan was defeated then, Satan will be defeated today, and Satan will ultimately be defeated. So Satan is the cause of blinding the hearts of people that makes them anti-Jesus, makes them anti-Christ, makes them anti-the gospel of salvation. Second, Corinthians 11, 4 again. And no wonder, for Satan masquerades, disguises himself as an angel of light. Sin starts out to look good, but as we play with fire, we are consumed by the toxic presence of Satan in the world. Point six. Not only is Satan the cause of global deception, global lies, but furthermore, his agents in our world continue 
the work of deception. Point out. Second Corinthians eleven fifteen. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also masquerades as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Who are these ministers? You may ask. Point E. Jesus Christ states regarding these ministers in Matthew 7, 15, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep clothing, but they are inwardly, they are vicious wolves. They come to deceive. They come to kill. They come to destroy. They come to rob and they come to steal. Point C, 2 Timothy 3, 5. Define them furthermore. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. Means they are absent the person of God, the Holy Spirit in the world. They can uh, read scripture, they can preach, but they are spiritually dead because God, the Holy Spirit, the agency of spiritual life is absent in the world. They are minus God the Holy Spirit. One, their God is the God of money, not the salvation of souls. Two, they live in wealth and luxury while their followers live in abject poverty. Three, they perform miracles under demon possession under the application of the occult powers. They have sold their soul to Satan for world fame, to have a global ministry, but they deny the power of God the Holy Spirit. Point four. These people that associate with this crisis in our world, are viewed as the enemies of Christ. They are the enemies of the gospel of Jesus. Point five, the kingdom of darkness are at war with the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, with the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Point six, why this war? What is the cause of this war? Colossians 1, 13-27 answers the question. Why he battles the belief in the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We find the answer in Colossians 1, 13-27. For Christ has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his son, of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So Jesus Christ came into the world to destroy the works of the devil. But not just only destruction of the devil, but to take us from the kingdom of darkness. From while we were sitting in darkness, the light of the world came in to a dark world. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. For Christ, once for all, has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us, placed us into his presence, which represents the kingdom of light. The kingdom called the kingdom of the son of his love, in whom we have Redemption. We have been redeemed by the works of Jesus Christ through his blood. The forgiveness of sins means we become the upright of God or we become the righteousness of Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Point seven. What is the spiritual condition in our world today? What is happening right in front of our eyes in our world today. And again, the Bible answers this question. Point A, 2 Timothy 3, 
1 and 2. Details 21 categories of sin that is present and prevailing in our world. Satan is the cause and the source of this status quo, disobedience, war with the kingdom of light. One. Listen to 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 2. This know also that in the last days, evil times shall come. We are in a state of evil times. Point two. For men shall be lovers of themselves. Here is a, in a nutshell, the condition that is prevailing in the world today. For men shall be lovers of themselves and not lovers of God. They will abandon Jesus Christ and they will have the beast, the hater of the human race, they will make a pact with Satan for fame, fortune, and to live in wealth and luxury. They are covetous. They are boastless. They are proud. They are blasphemous. They are disobedient to parents. They are unthankful. They are ungrateful. They are unholy. Without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, and many more. I want you to read 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 and 2, and you will find 21 categories of sin represents the status quo of, of disobedience in a world towards the gospel and the love of Christ. Point three, religious people have a form of godliness but they truly deny the power. Why? Because God the Holy Spirit does not live in religion. God the Holy Spirit lives in a relationship. When, when the creation desire the creator of the world. Let's go to our second point. Point B. Christ is our battle commander. In order to fully understand the word the, T-H-E-E, and what it represents, we need to multiply the position of the word with verse 3, which is the 13th position of the word. Point 2. We allocate the word thee as the 13th word in Psalm 21 of the Strand. Point three. So we've got to multiply 38 times 13. And it equals the final value of 494. Now according to the Hebrew Hamadria, we've got to bring 494 to the lowest reduced value and when we add 4 plus 9 plus 4, comes to the value of 17. So what's important, we need to investigate the significance of the value of 17 for our spiritual benefit. Point 1. The number 17 is made up from two Hebrew letters of the alphabet. The Yot equals 10 and the Zion equals 7. Point two, when we add the Yod Zion together, it equals the number 17. Point three, in, Hebrews, in Hebrew, 17 is the symbol of victory. It is the symbol of God, the Holy Spirit, that is a battle commander in the midst of a current spiritual warfare. We will... It will not be but by power and might that we overcome, but by the power of the personality God, God the Holy Spirit. Point four. What is so significant of 17? It is a symbol of spiritual weaponry. Our battle commander has weapons. The gospel is a weapon against deception, lies, half-truths. It is a symbol of spiritual weaponry. 
this weapon ultimately leads to conquering and to overcome the spiritual enemies in a spiritual war, resulting in having victory from the sadness of materialism and other evil world ruling powers. Ruling powers are in essence demon-possessed, demon-controlled. So there is no salvation in presidents. There's no salvation in politicians. There's no salvation in prime ministers or religious leaders. There is salvation in no one else but the person of the universal God, the global savior, the person, Jesus Christ, is our battle commander in the midst of the spiritual war. Point five, the number 17 represents the person of God, the Holy Spirit, overcoming the enemy, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Point six, historical evidence of Christ's victory over the enemy is documented in Scripture. Let us review how God has been victorious on behalf of those who have confidence, faith, trust in the person of Christ. Let us look at example one, Noah's Ark. Point A. Noah's Ark and its eight passengers rested on the mountains of Ararat. On Tisri 17, the seventh month in the Hebrew sacred calendar. Point B. God overcame the sins of the rebellious human race when he began to flood the earth through rain on the 17th day of Tishri. 17 means conquering and total victory over sin. Example 2. Jacob's victory over Esau. Genesis 27. In Genesis 27, Jacob's name is mentioned 17 times in connection with his victory over Esau. Esau represents the world and Israel represents the upright of God. God will do battle for the believer. We are no match for the darkness, but the darkness are subservient, are subjudicated, are subjected under Operation Fusul. Jesus Christ he is the universal sovereignty, he is King of Kings and is Lord of Lords. Example 3, the resurrection of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15.4 states, On the 17th day of Nisan, Jesus Christ was resurrected from the grave and conquered death, Satan, demons, governments, empires, secret societies, because 17 represents in the Hebrew conquering and total victory over the forces of darkness. Example number four, Psalm 83. Listen to this majestic psalm. It is a reflection of our word, the number 38. 38 are reflected as 83. Point one. Psalm 83, 6 to 11, lists 17 enemies of Israel. Point A. Until today, God destroyed seven enemies of Israel in the past. Point B. The other ten forces will soon try to destroy Israel and cut them off from being a nation. Point C. The safety and security of Israel is not in weaponry. It is not in their military experience. It is not in their dollars. It is not in their political achievements. No, their, 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 their victory is not in military, but in the God of Abram, Isaac and Jacob. So Jesus Christ will do battle for them because they will be outnumbered, outsmarted by the enemy forces. But 17 represents God, the Holy Spirit, 
battles for the believer, the upright of God. God does the war. So stand back and let us see the salvation of the Lord. Point C. In the midst of the Ukrainian and Russian war, in the midst of this Hamas and Israeli war, we have this guarantee. Point C. Christ, our certainty in the devil's world. One. In Romans 8 verse 35, the Apostle Paul is going to share with us regarding the number 17 when he asks this question. This is the question that he asks of you and of me. When he asks and says, he mentioned seven world conditions that will prevail in our world today. He asks you the question, will these seven categories separate us from the love of Christ? The question is, can tribulation, can persecution, can distress, can nakedness and famine, can the sword or any other dangers in the world, can it separate us from the love of Christ? Our battle commander doesn't abandon in the midst of a crisis. No, he protects, he redeems, he delivers, he, he, he saves us in the midst of a storm. When Jesus asked his disciples, let us go over to the other side, he knew of this wind and the storms that will prevail. But in the midst of the tornado-like storm, he spoke audaciously, Peace on Bissell. So what happened? The storm, the wind, and the waves were subjected to the authority. Remember, wind is unseen. Water is seen. So Jesus Christ reigns over the unseen. And Jesus Christ reigns over trouble and the visible. So if tribulation cannot, Persecution cannot, distress cannot, nakedness cannot, famine cannot, no sword, no problems can separate us from the indestructible presence of God the Holy Spirit. Point three, Paul then tells us ten things that cannot get between our God and us, as per, as per Romans 8 verse 38. Listen to this. We can have certainty in uncertainty. We can have stability in sinking sand. Only because of the status quo of eternal existence, God, the Holy Spirit, that is the self-revealed entity in the entire universe. He exists on the mountain and in the valley at the same time. Listen to the words of Paul. For I am persuaded, means I'm convinced, I'm certain that Christ Jesus is our Redeemer. Christ Jesus is our Deliverer. Christ Jesus is our Battle Commander. The battle is not yours. The battle is not mine. The battle belongs to the man of war, the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now Paul mentions 10 things that cannot remove us from Christ or Christ from us. It is our eternal guarantee and stability in sinking sand. In the midst of wars and rumors of wars, we have this audacity to stand because our commanding in chief is no one else but God the Holy Spirit. Listen to the 10 conditions that cannot separate us from the love of God. One, death cannot. Point two, no life. Three, no angels. Four, no principalities. Five, not the powers. Six, no things present. Seven, not things to come. No heights, no depths. Point ten, no any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Death cannot separate us. Life cannot separate us. Angels cannot separate us. Principalities and powers cannot. 
things past, things present, things in the future. No heights, no depths, no anything in the world can rip us away from the universal guarantor, God the Holy Spirit. Unseen yet, it doesn't represent absence. He's in a world to redeem you and to redeem me. In conclusion, I want you to know this is what I believe. So, seven whole conditions with ten divine impossibilities is a foundation of divine promises that gives us safety and security for those who place their trust, their confidence in no one else, their salvation in no one else, their salvation in not in religious leaders, there is salvation not in religion, their salvation not in governments, no empires, no billionaires, no billion philanthropists, no, they are ravenous wolves in sheep clothing. Only Jesus Christ is our safety in the devil's world. Remember, Christ did for us the impossible. Christ delivers us, one, from this present evil age, Galatians 1.4. Christ delivers us from the power of Satan's reign, Colossians 1 verse 13. Christ delivers us from eternal punishment of sin, 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 10. Jesus delivers from the wrath to come, 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 10. Christ delivers us from trials of this life, 2 Peter 2 9. Our world demands the following from believers in Christ. One, mental concentration on Christ, not the crisis. Don't watch the media. Don't follow the media. Don't implode by, by stress and anxiety. But all you need to do in the midst of my blood cancer battle, I kept mental concentration on the person of Christ. Secondly, depend on Christ, not people. Thirdly, faith in God moves mountains. So faith not in governments, faith not in presidents, faith not in prime ministers, faith not in priests, faith not in politicians, but faith in the person of the universal Savior, the global God, who has revealed himself unto Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, God the Holy Spirit, who is God in our world. Unseen doesn't mean absent. He's present in our world, so our stability in sinking sand times is the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Again, I want to conclude by saying our victory, the victory of the believer is in the person of Christ. He is our certainty in uncertain time. This is Kevin Williams from Death Postponed Ministries with my talk. Ancient principles from the Bible for today's people and for today's problems. For Christ's sake. Amen.